Fit Nation. It's Fit Nation. Awesome. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. If you're a veteran and you're struggling or feel like you're leading a path towards the darkness, stop and think about those who are around you. Think about how they truly value you, how they will miss you. You are not alone. You need to talk to someone. Someone will listen to you. If you feel like you'll be a burden to someone that's in your inner circle or your family and friends, do not hesitate. Call 988 and take option one. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. It's the underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell. This will keep you up to date with our latest news, episodes, and of course, the stories of our guests. Speaking of which, our next guest is the United States Marine Corps veteran. He helps recalibrate people's mindset to achieve their goals, whether it's battling an addiction, transitioning from one workforce to another, overcoming limiting beliefs, trauma, or even struggling to find your purpose. He helps reassure people that what they're going through is common and they will prevail if they have, have a lot of, if they let energy to do so. So without further ado, let's welcome Marine Corps veteran, Alundas Havens to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Alundas. My man, Rich, thank you for allowing me the opportunity to come on, brother, and share my story. Man, as soon as you reached out to me, I said, oh, there's a Marine there. He wants to be, he has to, has, has to have a message, has to have some funny stories, and, of course, a great message of what he's doing now post-Marine life in the world. And I said, I got to get this guy on here. So here we are, brother. I, I appreciate you, brother. It's been a journey, man. <laughs> so, I mean, I just gave a little tidbit about you there. If you don't mind, let's let's hear a little bit about more about Alundas from as far back as you want to go through your service to where we are now. Uh, absolutely. So I'll just take it from the top to kind of add perspective uh, for you guys. So, you know, like what I was battling throughout this time and uh, yeah, how it's kind of full circle for me now. Like Looking back at it and just being extremely grateful. Um, so originally I'm from Fresno, California. My parents had me when they were 19, 21. So partiers and I seen a lot of things growing up uh had a racist stepdad in the mix so it was one of those of you know not believing in some of the shit he would say 
and uh, really had an identity problem. I got designs in my hair, you know, I'm ghetto and, and my stepdad wanted me to, to paint a picture and for me to be there. And I learned how to act in those situations. My dad's a hustler type, uh, abusive, both my parents, alcoholics, nar- narcissistic. So um, just kind of struggled with those things. Uh, I had a great grandfather that was a POW in World War II and uh, loved the man to death, but crazy guy. You know what I mean? I just witnessed seeing those things from him. Um, but I, I, I knew like the, the good things with him, like he made me watch all the old war movies and stuff. So always wanted to go to the service. My dad uh, didn't make it too far in his Marine Corps career. And then it was just for me, you know, getting in these situations in life. Um, I needed a way out to be able to go away from home and be able to become independent. I knew that if I would have went to college, I just kept partying and acting crazy, plus kind of my circumstances. Um, so I turned 18, enlisted, and then uh, actually got kicked out of my house right before I deployed. And I was supposed to deploy like in October. Um, me and my stepdad got in a fight. He swung on me, you know, saying some things one day. And then I called my recruiter the next day, hey, brother, I got to leave, you know, ASAP. So uh, three months earlier, I left in July. And then uh, it was kind of something to me where it was like, you can change your environment. But, or excuse me, you could change your surroundings, but you can never really change your true environment or where you came from. So it was, you know, going to the Marine Corps. Um, they were seen it for me early on, like you're a leader, you know, picked it out. So I was pissed all the time. I can boot camp because I was like, I couldn't drill. And that was my deal. But I can do all the pull ups. I can run, push people. So they'd make me do everything. And then they realized I was smart. So I'd be pracap and do all that stuff. So it was uh, excelling in the military and then on boot leave. Uh, we had a party at my house. My stepdad thought my mom was having an affair because the door closed within 10 seconds. Uh, my wrestling coach was in there. My stepdad fires uh, 45, a centimeter away from his face. And then uh, SWAT team go through the house. So it was this traumatic event for me. I was drinking heavy while I was in the Marine Corps. Uh, 19, or excuse me, I deployed to Kuwait, came back from Kuwait, and then uh, became my own boss. Uh, I worked aviation operations. So doing all the aviation flight data for the Ospreys. And then doing the training side, making sure everybody can qualify to stay in the Marine Corps. So, you know, pitching it, talking to my sergeant major directly, my CO. Um, so really loved it. But year two, that's where, you know, all these things amounted to all the cartilage in my right knee. Got took off a meritorious sergeant board. Um, I was barely a corporal then. So it just really hit me and then started, you know, going back to struggle and repeating some of the things I went seeing, you know, as growing up. Good thing is my wife, like, helped me, you know, and, uh, Definitely whittled it down in my last three weeks in the Marine Corps, played fuck fuck games with medical. And it was like, hey, go to admin and get extension. I'm like, admin doesn't give me medical extensions. And then I go there, you got to run three PFTs. I'm like, again, I tore all the cartilage in my right knee. I'm not doing it. At that time, you know, thinking real negatively, uh, I didn't have the greatest experiences with doctors in the Marine Corps. And they put me on antidepressants. You know, they told me to be a big boy and learn how to adapt in my, uh, eating styles. So it was really like battling that. Um, I'll shorten the rest. Went straight into home improvement sales, you know, realized that, hey, this isn't a fit for me right now. Um, went on to a mortgage brokerage and had more problems because it was kids coming off mommy and daddy's couches and it wasn't a fit. You know, even went on to help veterans to the VA claims and uh, that company couldn't be understanding my situation where my nanny moved to Minnesota. So I'm taking care of my daughter and then uh, making sales calls. So I was like, hey, this is in alignment with what I'm trying to do you know, throughout this whole journey, I've been unpacking the things, joined a podcast network group, and then I ultimately started a business with my mentor, Zach Babcock. And that was where I was like, hey, you know, I finally get to be able to work on these things and then talk about, hey, this is what happened before I was in the Marine Corps. You know, this is what happened while I was in. This is how it shaped me. Give those lessons to other people and just really let them know, like, hey, 
you're not alone what you're going through, uh, even if it is, you know, extraneous factors or you think people don't understand somebody does. Definitely. I mean, you, your journey is you like you said, you were exposed to things as a, a young man that many don't ever see in their lives. And then you went into core to even challenge yourself more to those same kind of traumas, but in a uniform now. And like you said, uh, witnessing your mom and dad drink so much, that was just something you thought was normal anyway. So let me do it too. So now you're in the core where it's just like the army, Navy and the Air Force kids. If it's like one big fraternity. So everyone just, it's a fraternity party every weekend, every night sometimes. So yeah. you're always drinking and you're always doing something crazy. So it was just normal to you to, to follow that lead. And you didn't probably notice it was a problem until later. Yeah. So I, okay. I'm going to tell you two stories and then you could, then you could let me know that I did have the problem. Right. Uh, so I didn't realize I had the problem. You know, I would be talking openly about the air show, for instance, and we drank from 4 p.m. till 10 a.m. the next morning, and it was just a rager in the barracks. Uh, I'm the guy that would put a white sheet from the second deck, and then we'd get a projector, and we'd stream UFC fights. But we got banned from doing that because more fights are happening with Marines. Uh, so it was like I was the big partier one in that. And uh, two, one of my sister-in-law was like, are you going to stay in the Marine Corps? And that was year two. I told the college money, right? So I was pissed at that time. My sergeant major pulled me aside. Hey, buddy. How are you doing? You know, one day you're going to pick up Sergeant. And I'm like, Sergeant Major, shut up. Like, don't be telling me shit like that. I'm not staying in anymore. I hurt my knee. That's where, you know, year three, when I said that, uh, everything flipped for me. So I'm at a house, or I was at my uh, first time I met my father-in-law. And my sister-in-law, she's one of the people I just doesn't resonate with me. She's real loud. And I'm like, girl, kick back. Uh, are you going to see the Marine Corps? Fuck no. My father-in-law is like this super motivated Marine that was only in for four years. So love the man to death, but you have to say just good things about the core around him. You know, you can't say the dumb things or what we got in trouble for. Cause he, he, he just wants to hear the good things. Um, right. So he's looking at me like, is this man crazy? I'm like, all right, I might have a drinking problem. And then uh, definitely like telling it to the civilian world of, you know, what it is. And I think that's why it allows us to understand us even more. Uh, we're in high stress environments. Like we're always getting screamed at. They, don't really show approval sometimes of what you're doing. It's push, 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 mission, 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 uh, that people go through that. You know, like I see numerous of my Marines um, try to hurt themselves. And it was something where I was like, man, I'm battling this shit as well. Uh, but it definitely added the perspective on that. Of, uh, For instance, I went to, in July, an event. And when I went up there, one of the uh, speakers was the Air Force guy. And I was like, yeah, man, da, da, da. I started telling my story. And he goes, hey, you know, you mentioned you guys used to drink from 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. the next day. He's like, you're masking something. And he's like, did you realize when you're in the Marine Corps, like, everybody was masking something, whether it was being away from home or whatever it is. And that's why you guys were all, you know, partying like that. And it was something where I was like, man, this whole time I've been saying, oh, you know how we do it in the military. And oh, civilians don't understand. But it's different, definitely different, you know, when you're around and you observe, like, why some of those things. Like, don't get me wrong, there's the times where you can have casual fun, but like, no, we were partying Raiders all the time in the barracks, uh, everything. And and like I said, that goes across all services. And I think that you know, the guy you ran into is right. It's everyone's covering something or just trying to, like you said, wash away that stress that you we go through every day in that yeah. piling up with the mission first, mission first, mission first. Oh, success, always have a party. And then if every day you have success, every day you're having a party. And it's just something that it grew on you. It grows on everyone in the military, I believe, as they go through the, the entire cycle. Yeah, I, I, it did for me quick. Uh, I was also the 
I had like seven different billets, so my life sucked. Uh, I was the op chief, so E6 position is E4. So I had to be in the room with all the other staff and COs, and staff and COs are like kids because they will all, you know, like a lot of them, they either act professional or they like do these little kid shit. Like, hey, everybody needs to do height and weights this day. This is what this, that, right? All of a sudden, nobody shows up. Oh, you know, mission, mission, mission. All right, cool. I'm like the CO mandates that everyone will be here. Now everybody's there. Like I literally had to put the CO title before it. And he's the one that's where it's coming from was originally what he told me to do. Um, so it was like those games. So it was like, I would send read receipts and that. And then uh, I had one Marine that just couldn't get it, you know, no matter what. And I think that's part of where I failed as a leader. I should have opened more about, you know, my story of where I came from and I didn't, you know, so he really struggled with the environment and thinking people thought less of him. Like, nah, bro, we just want you to do the job right the first time and stop talking back, stop nodding your head and say, yes, corporal, whatever, and then move on with your day. Like, it's not a problem. You know what I mean? But uh, just one of those guys, you know, you couldn't change. So it was all these factors, all the shit back home. Uh, when I was actually at the schoolhouse, one of my cousins got stabbed nine times. And I was just kind of like thinking, like, I'm glad I left home for it. At the same time, like, I don't want to follow these things that are going on, you know, and even uh, built a wall in my head where like, I can't even go home because I didn't want to mess up or be in these situations. Cause I was like, no, I can't do it. You know what I mean? Definitely. And, and out of this, you have now doing a one eighty with your mindset out of all that you started the winner's paradigm, the other podcast. It's kind of like you're coaching people with that podcast you're a dad, you're a leader, you're a veteran. So you got a lot of stuff going on. So those are your victories. And why do you think it's important that we have to start accumulating wins as, as any person, but especially as veterans? Yeah. So I was just thinking there of how I wanted to say it, because it goes to gratitude first. Um, I think we got to do that, man. We got to do a better job of just thanking ourselves. Like, bro, you made it through there. Like, for me, thinking about it now with how messed up my body is, and I know a lot of veterans could say this, you know, is we used to work like 18-hour shifts, drink a Red Bull, go to the gym, and then and then sleep two hours and go back to work. You know, that was deployment life for me. Uh, when I came back from deployment, I had a really bad time adjusting back to life. I was screaming at people, and uh, they would cry about shit. You would give them a solution, and that's not how it works. Like, that's how it fucking works. Get over it. And it was like I was doing what I excelled at in the military because it's a different community. But when I'm in the outside community, I had a problem, you know, so it was dialing that back. But when you were like, man, I made it through this, you know, I was a Lance Corporal running my own shop. Um, I made it through this. You know, I learned how to be able to speak a little bit professionally, uh, probably not the best because my use of profanity, but um, <laughs> definitely know how to communicate with people. And it's like you start stacking up those things like, man, I'm grateful that I was able to get away from home because a lot of my friends, you know, are in college or still living with their parents or, you know, uh, have a different perception on life versus us, like where we actually been through shit. You know, we understand we've been through where someone micromanages you and makes you feel like a two year old. And then we've been independent where it's like you are the one that they can depend on. Um, so I think when we give ourselves grace first and realize like what we've done and what we're good at, and then kind of have those brothers, sisters that are going to be able to be there for us after um, it definitely allows us to be able to stack wins and realize like, man, I've already accomplished so much. You know, you get up every day. One thing that could be is you're grateful. Boom. That's one win. And then from there, uh, and I'd say, you know, it's a long journey. Um, so don't ever think that it just happens overnight, you know, that it's just going to get better. 
Um, and, and yeah, definitely could say that, you know, with everything I went through, even getting out the service and not really feeling like a fi- uh, fit for things and just really feeling like, man, I don't know what I'm passionate about. And then once I dove into podcasting and really invested my time into people who are passionate about it, that go through the podcast, you know, work on themselves in all areas of life. That's where I was like, man, you know, there's some uh, unpacking I need to do. And there's some tough conversations I need to talk, like have and cry out or journal it so I can be able to move on. Definitely. And everything you said there is perfect. You have to, you have to take through self-care. So gratitude to self, have grace on yourself. And then of course, count your victories. We call them stacking victories here at the Misfit Nation. So as soon as you wake up in the morning for us, you know, you get those little aches and the, the crunchies in your knees, the crunchies in your ankles, you get up. That's a victory because you woke up and you're able to stand up. You make that bed. That's another victory. Each day, count how many wins you get, and then the next day, beat those wins. Just always count the wins and always write down your wins. Any, any shortcomings, look at them and then walk away from them. Learn from them and move on. That's what you got to do, and I think that's uh, what, you're, what you're, you have done and are continuing to do now. So when you came up with the winner's paradigm, what does that mean to someone watching this? What is the winner's paradigm? Absolutely, brother. Uh, So what it means, and I was kind of thinking about it, like when you look at the psychology of winners or people that are just great, whether it's professional athletes, uh, I know it's definitely leaders we had in the military. And some people can attest to this where, you know, it's either the leaders that are really cool because they've been there, they've done that, they have the accolades, you know, they've been on multiple deployments um, that are kick ass. And then there's the leaders that micromanage you, treat you like shit act a certain way because they haven't done anything. And that's where like the whole poke thing comes in sometimes where it's like, it makes you have that perspective. You're like, okay, you know, they didn't do anything or they haven't experienced these things. So that's why they're so uptight in that way. Um, And when I was thinking about the winner's paradigm, it was like, well, what do you winners do? You know, they always find a way to win. And then they share those things with other people. You know, they really tap into that. Uh, So a week before my daughter was born, that's when I started it. And it really was focusing on that. It was talking to the entrepreneurs talking to the veterans who flipped it around and talking to people um, that really can give us that struggle and then be able to say, Hey, you know, I made it through it or whatever it is that they, they endured to be able to share that message with people. And that's where, you know, I started um, just doing more work on myself in the end. Uh, I just felt like, you know, it was alignment in having these conversations with people, you know, unpacking things, learning things about business, um, quitting my job and going all in and starting my own business. And it was just, awesome because it was like, man, I never really thought this, but once I got around the community that appreciated me for what I've done, respects me. And it's like, man, you know, your own boss in the Marine Corps, like that's pretty damn awesome. Uh, some people aren't their boss ever or at this point in life. And then it was too, like, I put that shit on the resume and then didn't give, they didn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? They were like, oh, whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, looks like you're your own boss in the Marine Corps. Well, you're 22. So it looks like you don't have that much years of experience. And you're like, how do I not have years of experience? Like I've literally done more than you guys do here, but whatever, you know? So it was really like defining myself that I am in a smaller box. And then once the winner's paradigm came out, it allowed me to be like, yo, there is no smaller box. Like I am the box. Um, they conform around me because I've been through all these things, you know, I've worked through it. Um, I will find a way to win. Cause that's what we do as men, leaders, women, you know? Um, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> And what should uh, some of the listeners are out there probably saying, this guy, he, he really turned it around. He's stacking them victories. He got the, the winner's paradigm going. What's some things they can do to better themselves? 
Uh, I'd say first is looking at yourself in the mirror um, and then you're going to take some notes. You know, how does, you know, how do I look? Am I tired? You know, um, do, do I feel like I'm measuring to where I want to be? Or you can do a simple test, you know, close your eyes, picture you laying by the beach. You know, what does that look like? What do you look like? What are you wearing? Um, what's in your head? You know, and kind of think about those things and allow, allow them to picture themselves at that place, right? And what we're doing is we're saying, hey, that could be what we want. You know, ultimately we're like, oh, I want to look fit by the beach. Okay, well, now you got to do that. You know, for me, I tore all the cartilage in my right knee. I might have really bad uh, shoulder pain, knees, elbows, hips, all these pain throughout my back multiple times. Um, and, it, and it's one of those where it's like, it's even a battle for me to be able to work through it. You know, even today, like I'm going to wake up at 3 a.m. Um, and I go to the gym, but I couldn't, you know, so I had to get up later, you know, and start putting medication on so I can be able to feel better for tonight when I work out. And it was really knowing myself and be like, hey, this is where I want to be. I'd say that's really what it is for us. Like we got to redefine our core values. Um, and that was something I got hit with. And it was just like, go to the honor, courage, commitment. And it was like, no, I need to figure out things that are actually going to be applicable to what I'm looking to accomplish. So I made my new action plan and then really just broke on there and like look myself in the mirror. And I'm like, man, do I look good? Do I feel good? You know, what is it? So I like to sleep four hours. Um, yeah, that's not a thing anymore. I need a little bit more than four hours of sleep. So um, I'm telling myself that, hey, how am I going to be intentional with my day? How, how am I going to be intentional with making these appointments while playing with my daughter during the day so I can be able to make sure that I'm uh, spending time with her and it's not just letting her watch TV or play with her toys all day. Um, so it's like reframing those things in my mind. And I'm like, man, and it really gives it to entrepreneurs, you know, to other vets where it's like, hey, all you got to do is just assess your situation, um, figure out from there, hey, you know, what's this plan that's going to serve me better? What's going to allow me to, to measure in all those places that I say I am and to really visualize myself to where I want to be? Definitely. I mean, that, that's good tools right there for them to better themselves based in you're able to give it from from your heart and from when your story, your journey went on. That's, that's awesome. As you went through your transition from the Marine Corps. You, you said you tried uh, other positions and it just wasn't a good fit until you, you started to find, you realized your passion. Did you read any books to help you kind of guide you towards your passion or do you read books now to help you guide? Um, yes. Yeah, so funny story. Um, like two months before I got out, I was so pissed at myself. I read the book 48 Laws of uh, Power and I was so mad because the first law of that book is never outshine the master. And I had this staff sergeant that came in um, for that last like two years, really. And um, that was where, you know, I was done being my boss for 11 months. So I'm already like, oh, you know, I'm the, the corporal, but I'm, I should be a sergeant. You know, I run the shop. You just show up to meetings. You know what's going on. Like you just deal with the higher politics stuff. I have everything ran. Like that's how a shop should have ran. That's how all the other ones ran. No, she wants to micromanage, uh, but on just the bare minimum things. So it was one where I used to always fight her. And I used to always be like, staff starting with this, you know, and I read that book and I read that first one and it was like, never outshine the master. So I would let her know like, hey, this is what needs to happen. These are, um, she would always want to know like the contingency plan, like if it didn't work or how to be able to talk to the sergeant major if you had these questions because it hits you with this off the wall things all the time and are you going to provide this are you going to provide this you're like yeah no one does that well you better do it you know because it's on the sop so in my case it was letting her do that she shined it didn't shine well everybody realized that she wasn't the one really doing anything it went down to me so i let them know before they deployed hey 
fix this, 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 this in the shop so you guys can be able to have a good workplace for being on deployment. Unfortunately, they didn't do it, so they repeated history. Um, but I was just like, I know how a shop is because my first staff NCO, great individual, uh, terrible leader. Why? Because she's one of those that will just drill you for it, won't teach you, figure it the fuck out. And then you're just like a little kid, you know, back and forth and back and forth. And and can I touch this? No, that you can't touch that. You know, so that's how it was doing the assignments. Um, but 48 Laws of Power is the first one. Uh, the second one that hit me was 50 Cent's book, Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter, because it allowed me to be able to see like from the street point of view that he had to uh, going in the corporate world. So in my case, it was like learning best of both worlds. You know, I survived before the military. I survived in the military. And then after, um, and then I would say uh, also David Goggins' book, I, I just loved it so much because that's like my inner dialogue. And I feel like that's a lot of us, you know, that we were used to being yelled at. So it's like we yell at ourselves, but it was really like motivating. And I don't really like using motivation, excuse me. So inspiring, my, inspiring. Uh, myself to be able to be like, hey, you got to be able to do this. So that was pushing myself, whether it was um, kind of like on deployment, you know, when it was tiring, you got to be able to get up and do a workout. You got to be able to get up and do whatever you need to do, even though you don't want to. Um, so I definitely say check those three out. Awesome. Uh, I mean, it's three good books and you got 50 Cent in there. So 50 Cent is always going to give you something good, you know, whether it's his music, his his business uh, sense, and that was a, his writing as well. So he, yeah. he's been all around the map now and acting too, of course. So he's everywhere he looked these days. So he's not as not as big as Ice Cube, but he's up there. So. Exactly, brother. And that's that's kind of for me. That was like one of my favorites when I was a little kid. So uh, I heard that book came out, and then I just wanted to learn because I was kind of was struggling with that. I still had that identity issue of I don't read books type deal. So it was just like, so what? You don't read books, you know what I mean? Pick a book that you do like. And then I realized it, and I was like, you know what? I actually like business books. So then I dove into business books after that. Um, Went to school, but just didn't feel any value out of school either because it was kind of hard. Good thing is I went to uh, National University, which is all veteran-based for the most part. So pretty cool in classes because everybody feels the way I do and everybody else has anxiety. So we're not all, you know, talking about things. So it was like 90% veterans. Uh, but I'd say that definitely helped me because I tried to do like a community college and uh, learn that that's not the place for me. You know, I'm at that at point in my journey to be sitting with these kids yeah, it's it's rough. Um, I'm I'm going to school right now for my PhD, and I think I am the veteran in the class. So it, it's it's very weird. Listen, just reading what they write in discussions, and then coming from my service point of view and writing things, they always say, "Whoa!" whoa. So it's it's a weird feeling. So <laughs> no, I get you. Hundred. I actually offended somebody in in one of my uh, classes because they like made us write about uh, it was like going on race or like political tension in our country. And then I just like went through it and I'm like, I was like, yeah, like in the military, like no one cares. You know what I mean? I'm like, we have a party outside. You got the dude with fucking cowboy boots, a cowboy hat on, the other one in a sombrero. Like everybody's wearing something, but we're all collectively being together because we're in this situation. We care for one another. Like you have to. Um, so I was like, I really don't see people as that. I see them for their actions and kind of what they say. And if that, yeah, you know, there's always the stereotypes. People say things that's funny. Some contexts there is. I'm like, I obviously know military. We go one way, but you can't <laughs> say that because it's not HR approved, you know? So I'm right. like, it really doesn't matter, you know, on that. It's just judge the person on them. And that's why, like, um, I've never really cared about those things. And that's why the military is the best business in the world is because they figure it out on the things that don't matter. For instance, like, I was like, oh, a dark green Marine. And my friend's like, you could say black. I'm like, oh, okay. So it was cool hearing that from a math sergeant. 
Um, when he told me that that day, where I was just like, man, we don't even see each other that way. And you never even hear it, you know, and that's what's crazy about like when everybody would hang out would be there's country music over here, rap over there, Spanish music over there. I'd m- migrate between all of them besides country. So it's like um, <laughs> just learning about people, you know what I mean? Right. And that's a, probably one of the, the biggest secrets of the military, the diversity in the military. The biggest gang in the world is the U.S. military, and it's the most diverse gang you'll ever be in. Yeah, Absolutely. So you got out, you did this uh, evolution of Alundus here. How important is to is it for a human to evolve and then challenge themselves to get to new heights and more greater things? I mean, it's something we've always done. You know, we've always done it since we were a little kid because you had to evolve, you know, from going uh, to being the big kid from sixth grade to going into seventh grade being scared, you know. So it was one of those where it's like, We've always evolved somehow, and, and we evolved into the military to be able to get through boot camp. You know, some followed it a little more than others, uh, in in had that mental fortitude to do what was right or to be able to push themselves. You know, during that time where it sucked, and then even in our career where it's like doing the dumb shit. You know, having failed the other time and cleaning, like we don't want to clean twenty four seven. That's not our job. Or they're hearing the oh, once a what is, you're a marine twenty four seven, so you need to come into work like. Nah, that's not how it works. <laughs> you know, uh, I shouldn't be working every single day, all day long, but they can do that. You know, so it's one of those where it's like you push yourself, you figure out what it is for the moment, and then you elevate from there. And we would always, you know, uh, like deploy and then decompress when we come back. You know, want to make sure that we're in the best um, shape and really taking that time for ourselves. And that's what we do as people, you know, and definitely on my journey, I've realized that it's like you got to heal whatever you're coming from. And you got to realize, you know, when is when. So I was drinking a lot. I realized that drinking wasn't for me and that I was uh, repeating some history, you know, uh, getting crazy when I start drinking. Okay, probably shouldn't be doing that if that's not who I resonate with. And then doing that inner work on me. So it was, you know, uh, getting a journal, crying it out, writing it out, um, talking to my buddies, and then really having those times where, like, you regroup. You know, I have one buddy recently, uh, and I would say that even, you know, as I've been doing work, it just reminded me even more, like, send texts and, and really be there for our brothers and sisters because uh, he took his own life. He was active duty still. So it was something for me where I was like, man, you know, uh, we try it, but really, are you actually trying or do you say it? So for me, it was like, yeah, you know, I've been trying to reach out, but I know we all get busy. So it was like sending the one a week or doing something that I can be able to help my brothers and sisters because that definitely sucked was that was a dude I competed with all the time, looked happy. I only seen him partying. Um, and then I stopped partying and never seen the dude again. So it was one of those for me where like it kind of hit home a little bit. Wow. Well, that's a that's a tough one there, too. And like you said, most times uh, there isn't no outward sign. Absolutely. So there's not really much we can do. But if like you said, if you're if you say you're going to be there for someone, actually be there and actually hit them up weekly, monthly, have a set schedule to talk to them. That way everyone knows everyone's on the up and up and not love middle mid range or going down and into that, that, that spiral and darkness that, that we like to see and, or come up with the 22 a day thing. No, get you, get you hundred percent. like, I have one Marine, uh, that's still one of my good best friends. And it's funny. It's like, I've always seen him as my little brother and, uh, and he's just like that, my little sidekick. Cause like, you know, when you'd be walking around to like whatever shop and then they'd follow you behind, you know? So, um, me and him, like every month we have a, point to meet up together uh i'm in about an hour north of san diego and he's in la so we're like oh okay you know it's only an hour and a half drive so we'll meet up to each other you know go eat hang out 
um, because that was the one, you know, I always took care of. He seen me at bad times in the Marine Corps. I seen him at bad times. It was like we mutually were there for each other, even though the rank was there earlier on. Right. And having that brotherhood or sisterhood with the, with all those you served, it really helps as you as we transition out. And that's an awesome thing. Absolutely, brother. So, Alundas, we've talked about a lot of stuff in a little bit of time, too. So, talk, uh, real quick, tell people how they can get in contact with you to uh, talk to you, have you on their show, or even just learn more about you. Absolutely, brother. So, easiest way, uh, social media, Alundas underscore Havens, and then the podcast is the Winner's Paradigm podcast and the winnersparadigm.com. Easiest way to find me. Awesome. And that'll all be in the show notes, so... All you got to do is click in the notes and find that or it's his website scrolling across the page right now, across the screen right now. If you can scan that real quick with your eyes, you get that, you're good. You know, if not, it'll be in the notes. Just click on and uh, visit Alundas and give him some business. Alundas, thank, thank you again for reaching out and uh, coming on. And uh, thanks for all you've done and all you are doing. Thank you, brother. It's an honor to be able to come on your amazing platform as well, brother. I love what you're doing here. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you for checking us out today and being a part of the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com to catch up on all our episodes and also to get some of that awesome Misfit Nation gear. As always, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are Misfit Nation. You know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on Fit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up-and-comer in any industry of music, in the arts... Have them reach out to us on TheMisfitNation.com. We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are Fit Nation.